On today's episode, I'm forecasting some really fun and different trends for what we can expect in 2021 in weddings. 2020 was kind of a dumpster fire, and I think we're all ready for something different, so let's get to it. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to give a quick shout out to two awesome wedding registries that my couples love. The first is Zola. Zola is the next generation of wedding registry, combining gifts, experiences, and cash funds in one place. One of the things I love about Zola is that they seamlessly link your wedding website and registry, making it super easy for your guests to shop and learn about your wedding at the same time. Also, after you set up your registry on Zola, they'll hold your gifts until you're ready to receive them. Maybe you live in the city in a small condo and don't have a ton of extra space like we did, or you're in the process of buying a home and you don't want to move all of those gifts from your current home. Whatever it is, Zola won't send your packages until you're ready for them. And if you change your mind and don't need the gift, they make it super easy to get store credit and the gift giver will never know. No more driving to the store to get gift cards you'll forget to use. Zola also makes group gifting super easy for bigger ticket items. Finally, they'll give you 20% off any remaining gifts on your registry for six months after you say I do. This is way more than most other stores who only let you use this kind of discount once. Zola lets you use it multiple times for six months. To start building your wedding website and registry, visit verbeventco.com backslash Zola. The next registry my couples love is HoneyFund. HoneyFund helps couples realize their wedding and honeymoon dreams by allowing guests to contribute money towards once-in-a-lifetime experiences, down payments for your first home, and even your favorite charities, which I think is awesome. Guys, I say this all the time, but life is too short to waste it on moments without meaning. What better way to begin your life together as a newly married couple and the end of the pandemic than with the most amazing trip ever. Our honeymoon in Italy is still one of our favorite experiences and we've been married for almost 12 years. To get inspired and check out the most sought after honeymoon destinations, visit verbevenco.com backslash honeyfund. And now on with today's episode. Hi guys, as I sit here and record this, it's pretty cold in December and I'm already looking forward to warmer weather and being outside again. 2020 has been a crazy year and many of you are probably ready to put it behind you for different reasons. I tend to agree because it was such an odd and challenging year, but I also like to look at the silver lining of things and think about what we can learn from 2020 as a wedding industry because there were some positive things that I think came out of it. 
On today's episode, I am going to be looking back a little bit at what happened in 2020 and forecast what trends we can expect from that in 2021. And when I say trends, I'm not necessarily just talking about trendy things that people are doing, but more what is society as a whole going to be doing and what does that mean for couples and weddings and even our wedding vendors. So I'm diving right into it. Trend number one color. The 2020 color of the year, according to Pantone, was classic blue. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Pantone's color of the year. I am always Googling it like in December because I really want to know what it's going to be. If you're not familiar with who Pantone is, they're best known for their Pantone color matching system. It's a crazy, comprehensive, proprietary color guide used in a variety of industries like graphic design, fashion design, product design, printing, And according to them, it supports the management of color from design to production in physical and digital formats. So basically, that means that they help us all speak the same language when it comes to color. When I say that a couple wants forced green to a stationer and give them a PMS color, they know what I mean exactly. And they're not going to give me hunter green or Kelly green or sage green instead. They know exactly like this is the exact shade of green that they want. So the Pantone Color Institute always comes out with the color every year, right about now, and they say why they picked it. So going back when the Institute named Classic Blue the color of the year for 2020, they said it instilled calm, confidence, and connection. This enduring blue highlights our desire for a dependable and stable foundation on which to build as we cross the threshold into a new era. Little did they know that we're going to have a pandemic, which I think is kind of interesting. So based on this, I'm pretty confident that the 2021 color of the year will be a surprising and bright pastel hue like a canary yellow or a bright pink. Not to be confused with the 2019 color of the year, which was Living Coral, which I also loved. Um, Maybe something like Aqua. I feel like very Caribbean vibes. The 2021 fashion color trend report already was, was out this past fall and it already has a lot of light and bright colors. So I think you're going to see something like that in the 2021 color of the year. So what does that mean for weddings? So for many, 2020 was a challenging and dark time. And I think couples will embrace happy light colors in their weddings to celebrate. I think the past year is going to encourage them to add dimension in their wedding aesthetic. And they're going to probably say goodbye to whites and creams and neutrals and go for really bright colors that pop and are just happy. I'm excited for this because I'm not really a white and green kind of wedding planner. I love layering colors and textures to make the day feel rich and full. Plus, white and green has been done so much to me. It's it's had its time, so I think it's time to move on. So I'm excited to embrace some color for 2021. So that's trend number one. Trend number two is I do think that more couples will be hiring wedding planners. Because of the pandemic, many couples had to postpone, reschedule multiple times, or even cancel their weddings. If you're one of these people, I am so sorry. I know it was 
a crazy, horrible, annoying, stressful, scary, crying lots of times, crying, you know, messy time. It was really stressful for us, too. Um, It was really scary because I know that there's a lot of unknowns. So I think those who were those couples who were already working with planners were saved the brunt of the stress as they had an ally to help them work through all of the postponements and even the contract and renegotiations. Those who didn't have a planner, even a person that they had hired for wedding management or a month of, were left to figure it out all on their own. And as a planner, I worried about them. I was afraid that they would be taken advantage of or have a really difficult time dealing with just the stress and all the changes with their vendors because they didn't have an advocate like a planner who could help them navigate this novel time in our industry. I mean, seriously, no one has ever had to work through a pandemic and we were all trying to figure it out for ourselves. And Obviously, different businesses did different things and they handled things differently. Some things I agreed with, some things I kind of questioned. But at the end of the day, like I, I don't know what is best for their business. I mean, if it means that they had to do certain things in order to be around for the next year, then that's their call. But because of this, I think more couples are going to be leaning on wedding planners and their expertise in order to be able to enjoy their wedding planning experience and just the wedding day more. I mean, they've waited so long. You guys have waited so long for this wedding to happen. And then if you had to reschedule or postpone, like you're just like, I just want to get there. I just want this to happen. So whether you're having to reschedule for a third time or if you are planning your wedding for the first time, I think this past year has really made couples think about how they want to experience their wedding planning and also their day and then it's causing them to be more intentional with how they spend their time and they're going to look to people like us who are experts to help them deal with all the details so that you can really just spend time doing what you enjoy and love. So you can actually Finally hug those people that you haven't seen for the past year and just embrace them and chat with them and catch up with them and enjoy all those special moments that you've been looking forward to forever. I feel like we're all craving social connection so much because we're tired of Zoom and, you know, seeing people from far away, even just hugging people. So I really feel like couples are going to want someone to take control and deal with all that stuff so you can just actually enjoy your wedding, which I'm all here for because that's why I love what I do is you guys get to enjoy what you are actually wanting to do on your wedding day, which is spend time with your family and have fun and drink champagne. So that's trend number two. Trend number three, tents are the new ballrooms. I think even with the possibility of a vaccine in the coming winter, I'm super, super hopeful and optimistic for. I think guests will still feel nervous about celebrating indoors, especially older guests and those that are high risk. Couples, because of this, you guys are going to take this into consideration and you're going to plan for this. Couples are going to be opting for venues with tents or flexible indoor-outdoor options, places that have lots of space so that people can spread out. Uh, Because of this, I I highly encourage couples to book their venue and rental equipment far in advance. In New York, for example, tents and tent heaters are everywhere right now because 
we have to be outside because, you know, it just helps with the airflow and people just feel more safe that way. Some vendors have even dubbed 2021 as the quote unquote summer of love because there's going to be so many more weddings and more than usual. So this is going to cause a shortage in supply for items that are already high in demand during peak wedding season, like tents. See what I did there? I said tents and peak. No? Okay. Anyways, it was a stupid pun. But yeah, so I definitely think rental equipment, tents, chairs, anything that a venue doesn't already have, there's going to be a short supply. So book that stuff in advance because a lot more people are still going to be wanting to be outside. So that was trend number three. Trend number four is Sunday is the new Saturday. Going along with trend number three and the exceptionally busy wedding season, More weddings will occur on non-traditional dates, such as Thursday, in addition to Friday and Sunday, maybe even Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I really think more couples are just going to want to celebrate any date. And with prime dates already being taken, they're going to have to choose between waiting until 2022 or having their wedding on a day like Sunday, Thursday, or Monday. A long time ago, lots of couples actually got married during the week. My mother, which was, you know, I don't know, like 30, 40 years ago, got married on a Thursday. She said it wasn't a big deal and they still had a big party. So I think that it's definitely going to be a thing for 2021. And I don't think if you as a couple are worried that your guests aren't going to want to come for a Thursday or a Sunday wedding, I don't think you need to worry about it. I mean, I think 2021 is going to be weird anyways. So people are just going to want to spend time with you however it is that they're going to be able to do that. Plus, it just gives you a chance to visit with them longer. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I already have one wedding scheduled for 2021 and it has not only helped the couple save money because some vendors are able to charge a lower rate on Sunday because there's less demand. It also helped them keep their entire 15 person vendor team intact, including me. So because we postponed from May 2020 to June 2021. So rather than having to find new service providers and starting the vendor search all over again, because we lost several or one of our vendors, we just shifted everything to the following weekend a year later. And now we're on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. And there's lower demand for some stuff and some stuff is cost less because there's a lower demand. So that's exciting. So yeah, so that was trend number four, which is Sunday is the new Saturday. And trend number five is unexpected and mismatched seating arrangements. So you've probably already seen this crop up in restaurants and in outdoor dining, but due to the need for increased social distancing and odd groupings of guests needing to stay with their little pods and their little family units, which I think is fine, I think couples are going to incorporate more lounge-style seating and mismatched chairs at the ceremony and the cocktail hour and dinner, just because it's kind of like that vibe anyways. If they're trying to keep the pods or family units together, then... Might as well just have a couple different groupings anyways to keep the look consistent. So instead of having seats or rows arranged in neat rows upon rows of the ceremony, for example, couples are going to set up seating um, spaced out in small groupings to like with a couch and two chairs or a couple different chairs together just to help maintain the social distance between other guests. I think the same will be said for dinner seating. So instead of having all five foot rounds of eight guests each or all long rows of rectangular tables all together 
Couples are going to have smaller groupings at squares and rounds and rectangles to mix it up. I've always preferred this look anyways, which is arranging tables in a mosaic pattern because it adds dimension and texture to the room. I hate... I'll, I'll talk about this a lot, guys. I hate seeing a sea of round tables, especially like a sea of white round tables. I just feel like you're in like a conference hall or a banquet hall and it just looks like, ugh, I hate it. I hate it. So this is a really good opportunity to mix in some rounds and squares and rectangles and give the room much more texture and make it really fun. And I think because of social distancing, you're going to have some four foot rounds, you're going to have some squares with smaller groups, and then you're going to have like a table of eight. And that's like a, a larger family union or like two families that are that, you know, normally interact together, etc. So I think it just takes it the whole mosaic look to another level, which I'm excited about. So so yeah, so that's trend number five. And so since we're kind of halfway through my little trend forecast, I'm going to summarize or do a quick recap of the first five. So trend number one was color, specifically bright, happy, fun, pastel colors. Trend number two, more couples are going to be hiring wedding planners, whether it's a full service planner or wedding management. Month of, day of is not an actual term. So don't look for a day of wedding planner. That's another soapbox I'll get on another day. Trend number three, tents are the new ballrooms. People are going to be outside. They're going to want to be indoors and outdoors to have more space. Trend number four is Sunday is the new Saturday. And trend number five is unexpected and mismatched seating arrangements and mosaic layouts, which I think is going to be super fun. All right. So trend number six, also more comfortable seating. Going along with the trend of more lounge seating arrangements, and small groupings. I think couples are going to opt to have more lounge style groupings with couches and sofas and club chairs and ottomans instead of the traditional cocktail tables with highs and lows during cocktail hour, especially the highs, high tables, tall tables. Guests are going to be less mobile probably because they're not going to be necessarily mingling as much as they're used to. In New York, you're not even really supposed to be having a cocktail hour. You're supposed to be seated at all times when you're serving food. So I don't know if that's going to go away by the summer. But guests are going to be less mobile, so they're going to be spending more time while they're seated. So you might as well make it more comfortable for them and let them have some lounge seating. Let them kind of congregate in these small groupings with the couches and chairs and sofas. And I think it's just going to be kind of like a more comfortable, kind of casual way of enjoying the day. I mean, I think a lot of us kind of have gotten more casual with our dress and wanting to be more comfortable. So this is going to play out also in the seating arrangements. That was trend number six. Uh, Trend number seven, more small bites and individual servings. So long before 2020 and the pandemic, food that was served in mini form was always popular during cocktail hour. I always tell caterers and my couples that if I have to take multiple bites of something that's served at cocktail hour, it is too big. I also hate anything that's served on a stick or bone or fork that leaves me with trash because I hate being left with something in my hand that I have to throw away. You guys don't see me right now, but I'm gesturing with my hand because I'm holding my open hand, like my palm up because I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I hate this. It's just not elegant and it's annoying for guests because then they have to like look for a drop table and it's just annoying. So anyways, things that are mini, things that are small so they can just pop it in their mouth is much better at cocktail hour. 
going back to the trend. So with the increased need for cleanliness and hygiene, couples are going to opt to replace large displays of cheese and charcuterie with more individual servings, like mini charcuterie boards for guests or even a sampling of all the appetizers on one plate, like a cake stand that's served by the wait staff that they'll bring to a table or a grouping in a chair or in a lounge seating so that they can all enjoy it kind of together, as opposed to like past hors d'oeuvres that people are all touching. Many different groups are touching at, a, at the same time. At one of my weddings, actually this past fall, it was so cute, guys. We personalized mini charcuterie boards with the couple's initials and their date. So it was like these little tiny little cutting boards. They were wooden, and we served the charcuterie boards to the guests during cocktail hour. So then the venue cleaned them all during dinner, and then they gave them out as favors at the end of the evening. We tied little tags with ribbon on them, and they were a big hit, and they looked so cute and photographed really well. I loved it. I thought it was super cute. The guests liked it. So that's just one example of what you can do. You could also do this with your dessert. So instead of having a large wedding cake, you can opt for mini desserts served on little custom coasters that guests can then take home. I always love the look of mini desserts anyway um, because the colors and textures always look so pretty when it all comes together. Plus, I feel like it's just easier for guests to deal with rather than like sitting down at their table and eating the cake. I'm not a huge cake fan. I I love cake. I actually love the look of cake more than actually eating like a whole slice of cake. I love sampling all the different desserts because I'm just, I guess I have FOMO and I'm like, I want to try this one and this one and this one. So having little mini desserts, I think is super fun. And then serving them on something little like that would be a fun way to kind of help take away from having like the buffet of all the sliced cake slices set out and then also it's just like a nice way of incorporating the little minis. So that was trend number seven which was more small bites and individual servings. So trend number eight smaller guest counts. So if 2020 has taught us nothing else it's that we want to spend more time with the people that we love and less time with the people that aren't as meaningful for us. And I'm not trying to be crass or negative, but I think that the time during quarantine, we were forced to kind of limit who we saw and who we interacted with. That made us grow close to certain people and kind of lose touch with others. I don't think that says anything about the people that we saw less, but it does remind us that sometimes we're just friends or acquaintances with people out of habit or because circumstances require it or dictate it. When it comes down to it, I think it's it might be more meaningful to spend quality time with the people that matter most to us as opposed to, you know, inviting all these people that you haven't seen in a year and you're like, well, you know, I don't I could take it or leave it. Do I think that means you're going to slash your guest list from 250 to 100 or even 50? Not necessarily. But are you going to feel less pressure to invite the coworker and her spouse and that you were already on the fence about inviting anyways? Probably. Probably not going to invite them. I know this is... I don't know if she's listening. She probably doesn't listen to this podcast, but I feel like when I was getting married, you know, I was definitely very cognizant about my guest list. And my roommate and I at the time weren't super close. And I was spending a lot of time at my fiance's house or at his apartment. So I kind of had distanced myself from her during that year. And I ended up not inviting her because we just weren't that close. So I think even. If I'm able to do it with my roommate, I think you're able to do it too. And again, even if we weren't in a pandemic or coming out of one, I think it's beneficial to think 
to give some thought about whom you are going to want to spend your big day with. This past year has helped us really refocus how we spend our time and with whom we spend our time. So I think the more intentional you are about the people you're going to be with, the happier you're going to be. I've heard a lot of people this past year who have had smaller weddings that have said, I couldn't have imagined it being any bigger. So that's just something to think about. So yeah, so that was trend number eight, smaller guest counts. Trend number nine is bigger budgets for the little things. Going along with smaller guest counts, I think couples are going to opt to spend more on the details that are most meaningful and exciting for them. Now that they have fewer guests attending, whether it was a conscious choice or it was a byproduct of losing touch with some of their guests, they're going to have more budget to spend on the little things that they wouldn't have been able to if they had a lot more guests attending. So this includes handmade details like calligraphy, hand-torn paper, custom welcome gift boxes that have the itinerary and local suites and the favor all in one, which also kind of makes it kind of safer because you don't have like a buffet of things that are that's all set out that people are all touching you just kind of give the the guests their like one box and this is their stuff for the weekend which I think is actually really fun and kind of exciting for the guests because they can unbox something when they arrive which who doesn't love a good unboxing so this can also take the form of more elaborate floral arrangements and decor additional courses during your dinner wine pairings with your dinner basically whatever is exciting and adds to the guest experience I think couples are going to want to do they've been excited to plan this wedding for a while and now that they probably have fewer guests attending because some are you know some are just more cautious or whatever they're going to have a little bit more budget and I think they're going to add some of these details that they were on the fence about adding which I think is super exciting. I'm especially excited for this as I always have to have the conversation with my couples about budget. And budget isn't a bad thing. It just means like this is what you wanted to spend. This is what you set out to expect to spend. So let's, let's get that straight. But um, sometimes if they want certain things, that might mean that they need to uninvite 20 people to pay for that extra something that they've been wanting to have forever and ever. So I'm not saying this to be a mean and horrible person, but you know, as a wedding planner, it's my job to create an experience from my couples that's what they've been dreaming about. Like everything about that day is what they've been dreaming about for the last year, for the last couple years, what they've been excited to see and hear and smell and taste. And so that might mean having to choose between having certain guests and some special details. Everyone's priorities are different. I can't make that choice for them. So I just have to explain that sometimes, you know, it's either this or this. But you have to understand, you know, what that means for your budget. So yeah, so that was trend number nine. And my last and final trend, trend number 10, is live entertainment that's not a band or a DJ. And I love, guys, I love my bands and DJs. I love dancing. I'm a dancer. I love the dance floor being crowded and hearing like the bass and all that stuff. It's super fun. But depending on what state you're getting married in, Crowded dance floors may not be allowed at your wedding. It's definitely not allowed here in New York where we're not really even... We're allowing um, first dances and parent dances, but like having a lot of people on the dance floor is just not a thing. Um, So because of this, couples are looking for other ways to entertain their guests. Now, of course, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I love having an amazing band or DJ tearing it up so you guys can have a good time on the dance floor. But I also do love other entertainment to round out the experience. 
In the event industry, we call these site acts, which are entertainment that's experienced live and in person. I've always been a fan and an advocate for these types of expenditures because they round out the experience for your guests, especially the ones that aren't big dancers. It just gives it just gives more texture to the experience. It adds something else to the room. Also gives them something to do while they're taking a break from dancing, and gives you guys, the couple, another opportunity to infuse your personalities into the day. So some examples of these acts could be acapella singers, haiku writers live painters or artists, strolling electric violinists, caricature artists, aerial artists, or other circ or circus acts. I'm not saying like a clown, but circ, like all those reels that you see on Instagram of people doing crazy things, or at least on my Instagram, um, improv or comedy groups, magicians even, if you're into that, the list goes on. If you're thinking about acapella singers, I love Pitch Perfect. I worked with a lot of talented acapella groups when I was in special events. Their music is super fun and upbeat. I think it also would be really romantic for a ceremony. But I do need to note that because a lot of these groups are together during the school break because they're from colleges or schools, they might not be singing during the summer months because they all go off and take internships or whatever. So that's just something to think about. For haiku writers, this might seem random. I promise you it's super, super fun. I was at an event. There were two poets who wrote a haiku for you on their little vintage typewriter on any subject you wanted. You got to keep it as a souvenir for your event. So basically we stood in line and we waited. And when we got up to our turn, you know, up to have our turn, they asked us like, you know, what do you do? What do you want the poem to be about? And I told them I was a mom and whatever. And they wrote a really sweet poem about playing sandcastle, making sandcastles and mom making lunch. And it was just really cute. So I loved that. So that was something dif- different and that's fun. Live painters are becoming more mainstream and I love that. Some will paint, you know, the whole dinner scene throughout the night. So it's, it's really fun and experiential and it kind of shows a progression of the evening. So they'll paint the room and then they'll paint some people there and then they'll paint you guys dancing on the dance floor or whatever, like for your first dance. So it less gets, they let the guests watch the process, which I think is super fun. And then also makes a keepsake for you guys to remember the day by that you can hang up in your house, um, which I think is really beautiful. There are other artists, too, that will create fashion-inspired drawings of your guests, which I think is also super cool. And it's also a fun memento for your guests to take home with them. So basically, they'll sit there and they'll, you know, like you'll have like the, like when you see in fashion and they have the rendering or the drawing of the clothes, they'll have an artist doing that for your guests in their outfit, which I think is actually like really cool. So just today, this is this is something that I thought of for one of my couples. I thought it would be fun to incorporate some kind of scavenger hunt or mini escape room challenge into the day, and then the winner gets to order a secret drink or wins a special present at the end of at the end. So I'm kind of not doing a good job explaining it, but basically we wanted to do a big reveal as part of their day. I'm not going to give it away. But then we were like, what are we going to reveal to kind of like make a progression for the evening? And then I thought, well, we could do something where the reveal was a clue or a secret password or a code or something. And they would give that password to the bartender and they would get like a secret drink. And then people would be like, oh, wait, what, what are you drinking? Oh, it's a secret drink that, you know, you have to figure out or whatever. I might have also gotten that idea because I just finished watching Shit's Creek and I really love that episode where they did the escape room. I'm not going to give too much away, but I thought it was hilarious. So I think it would be fun. 
just to add a kind of something different to the day. But I digress. So in summary, that is my forecast for 2021. To recap, here's the list again. I'll also include it in the show notes on the website, which you'll be able to find in your podcast player. But it will be on my website at verveventco.com backslash seven. That's verveventco.com backslash the number seven. Okay, so trend number one is color. I think color, we're going to be doing a lot of more bright colors, a lot more happy colors, pastels. So that's definitely going to be a trend for 2021. Also, trend number two, more couples are going to be hiring wedding planners for sure because couples just want to be able to enjoy their wedding day and not stress about all these crazy, annoying things, which kind of is 2020 in a nutshell. Trend number three, tents are the new ballrooms because people are going to still want to be outside. Even if people are getting vaccinated, I think people have just been spending a lot of time outdoors and, you know, older guests are just going to feel more comfortable being outside as opposed to inside. Trend number four, Sunday is the new Saturday. So being flexible with your dates and having or going to weddings on Thursdays and Sundays is not going to be a totally different weird thing. Trend number five, unexpected and mismatch seating arrangements, which I think could be super fun. Lounge style seating, comfortable seating. Um, that's trend number six, more comfy, casual seating it will be nice. Trend number seven, more small bites and individual servings. That's going to help keep the contamination levels down. It's going to help keep, you know, small groups, pods staying together and people are going to be mingling less, which is kind of sad, but also safer. So I think at least for caterers, that's going to help them being able to control um, who is touching what, which is going to be a really good safety thing that could just be kind of a remnant that we keep moving forward anyways. Trend number eight is smaller guest counts. Um, People are going to be spending more time with the fewer people that they are more comfortable with that's more meaningful for them so I totally think that's fine which is going to lend themselves to trend number nine which is the meaning that they're going to have bigger budgets for the little things because there's they're being more intentional with their guest counts and who they're inviting to the wedding which I think could be decor floral details favors whatever you know extra wine pairings fun yummy things longer open bar, whoever, whatever you guys are into, I think is going to be nice. And trend number 10, live entertainment that's not a band or a DJ. Um, I think people are still going to have the band or DJ, but I think they're going to incorporate other acts as well to help round out the experience for their wedding guests. So that's it. 2021 is definitely going to be a year of adjustment and change. I'm hopeful that we'll be able to start to return to normal by late spring or summer. It's just hard to know right now. And I think for planning purposes, it's better to kind of get ahead of these things and see what you want to be able to incorporate. So if you have questions about your planning, do feel free to DM me on Instagram at Verb Event Co. I respond to everybody, guys. I love getting DMs. I love it when you guys tell me, hey, I love this episode on this. I have a question about X. I will usually probably send you a voice text. So definitely don't feel scared or worried about DMing me. I love hearing from you. Also, I love to hear what you think of these predictions and this forecast and what you're excited to incorporate the most. Send me a DM and we can chat. If you're not following me already on Instagram, how dare you? Just kidding. I would love for you to follow me so we can continue the conversation. So definitely hit me up at Verve Event Co. 
And also, guys, please don't forget to leave a review for the podcast if you like this episode. Uh, reviews are so helpful to us podcasters because it helps other listeners find the show. And really, I would just love to help more and more people. So the more people that can hear this podcast, the better, because then I'm hopefully able to help more people. So that is all for today's episode. Next week's episode will be another Wedding Tip Wednesday, and then I'll be back again in January of 2021 with another amazing interview. If you're listening to this in December, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Holidays, and I will talk to you guys again soon. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.